1: All right. Welcome to another episode of the Whiskey and Whitetails podcast. As always, I am your host, Gus. I'm Gus. That's Matt. Matt. Gus. (laughs) Thank you for joining us, as always. Thank you to the Waypoint Network for having us. Thank you to our Patreon for supporting us. If you're new here, thanks for joining. If you're not, welcome back. We've got a lot of stuff to go over today. Matt's going to talk about some pistol builds he's been working on. We're going to go over seaweed and our private dinner that we put together with Bearcat. And we're going to discuss some new things that came out during SHOT Show and the ATA Show this year. So stay tuned.
2: Been a busy a couple weeks. It's been extremely busy. <laughs> <laughs> it's been. uh If you you know how like when you're so busy, you look back and you're like, yeah, last month I was and it's like shit that was like five days five ago. days ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I w- I just
1: got my haircut at uh, the barber and uh, uh we for those who don't know we, <laughs> we happen to have the same barber and Bailey shout was, out to Barber and Shave Shop. Yep, shout out to Barber and Shave Shop and Bailey was like how a seaweed and I was like, oh yeah that. W-. In my head it was so busy and I I, I kind of just
2: decompressed
1: this week a little bit. And it seemed like it was a long time ago. And I was like, that wasn't even a week
2: ago. Yep. (laughs) Yep. That's funny too, because uh, Monday, we had off on Monday. Mm -hmm. So Monday, 80s always like, every time we go do something, like something happens, we run into something or meet somebody. It's always an event. So I went to pick up this pistol here from the FFL guy. yeah, And um, after we left there, I was like, let's just run, let's run out to Ridgeville. Let's go. I want to put this thing together and fire a few rounds, but I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, nah, we'll just go to her brother's house and we'll get some, some food. So yeah. we're sitting at a stoplight and I was texting or something. And I like instinctually look up. And as I'm looking up, it's like these two cars collided right in front of us oh, right man. in front. Of it. And so I'm looking over and I see long brown hair, like flip over the steering wheel, flip back into the seat and then head down. Oh, no. And so women have a very thin, a lot thinner bones in their neck. And usually it'll snap in an accident like that, unfortunately. But sometimes it'll just, they'll crush their trachea when they're knacked out like that. So instinctually, I'm out the truck, sprinting across the intersection to get there. The door's bent shut. So I'm trying to pry the door open. I get the door open and it's a dude. And I was like, "Ah, I could have just stayed in the truck. (laughs) (laughs) But. (laughs) That's going to be a great clip. <laughs> but the, his uh, his hand had slipped. I guess, I don't know if he was holding the steering wheel weird, but yeah. when he came forward, it snapped his arm, Yep, and uh, it was laying on his wrist, and his the bone, it was in a compound fracture, but the bone was like poking through the skin, mm-hmm. and he's just f- f- convulsing, and so I'd start rubbing on his chest, you know, on his sternum with my knuckles, which if yeah. you don't know that, that's, that's how you get somebody to kind of wake up a little bit, okay, but yeah. I'm rubbing on, I'm like, come on, dude, get up, wake up, open your eyes, get back to us. You know, I'm just rubbing and trying to talk him into it. And uh, after like, I don't know, 30, 45 seconds, he, he quits shaking and kind of comes to, and he's like, I'm awake. He's like, I every, I hurt. Yep. And I was like, you hurt already? I was like, what hurts? And, and he went to pick up his arm, and I was like, don't, just leave that right there. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended his seatbelt, and I was like, don't <laughs> move, man, just sit right there. Yeah. he's like, am I dying? And I was like, no, I don't think so. I was like, but your you know, your head... Your arm looks pretty bad. You got a broken arm for sure. Yeah. And I was like, do you have anything in the car that you don't want in the car when the police show up? And he's like, what? I'm like, I'm not going to ask that again. You know, I was going to do a good deed. Do a solid. But, uh, because, you know, looking around, the car was kind of dirty, and he had, like, vape pods all over the floor. And, you know, I assume yeah. there was probably, you know, he's on drugs or something. But I don't think he was. But, yeah, he survived. The other guy was standing there watching us, like, yeah. nobody come, kind come of, check kind on of me. What were they? It was a... T- like a champagne Toyota Camry, an older one, mm-hmm. and a S10 like yours, but black. Oh, nice. Your old one death side. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I get back to the car, and I'm like, sorry. It's always something. It's always something. <laughs> it's always something. <laughs> that stinks, man. That was Monday? Yeah, that was Monday. Wild. So, you know, it's like Tuesday back to work, and, and work's been crazy. So, you know, uh, sitting down here, I'm like, shit, that's right. See, was last weekend. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there was a, I had an accident happen right in front of me on the way home from uh, that meeting about the market the other night. Did you? Yeah, like, you know, when you're on the interstate, and everybody's kind of spaced out nice, and traffic's actually flowing for once. Yeah. It was like, I don't know, probably four four cars, which I guess were probably closer to eight or ten car links ahead of me. I don't know what happened. I, I was just focused on the vehicle in front of me and making sure that, you know, I'm just kind of cruising probably in my own head. I just remember seeing taillights, like suddenly seeing headlights and then taillights, nice. and then headlights. This car spun out of control, which I don't, they I don't do it understand, all the time on I don't understand how it happened, because I didn't see it, and they didn't zoom past me, or anything, or anybody else, so it's not like they were, going incredibly fast. I just, I don't know what happened, but she ended up, uh, hitting the, the, the that middle wall. Yeah. And it, threw her across the intersection, and another truck hit her. And it was, it was pretty bad. Um, it shut down 26 for a while. I was, it's gonna sound shitty, but I was, I was, I was fortunate <laughs> that it happened early enough that I was able to just get around it. But yeah. um, because you know the EMS and fire shut down the whole interstate. But it's been it was been traffic was bad this morning. There was a bad inter- accident on twenty six. Like I had to, to go stop. up to, up to Somerville and shoot down Dorchester to get the kids to school this morning.
2: <laughs> I feel like it's just a matter of time before it like before it's me. I mean, it's I we see accidents all the time. All the
1: time. That's why I like driving the big truck. I'm sure yeah. that's why you like driving that big ass truck too. Yeah. It, it's gonna take a take a lot to make that a. a too bad of a day for you.
2: Makes me nervous with my wife in that little Volkswagen. But that would bother me too. Gavin, that's like one thing we've always done is in the morning before we leave. It's mm-hmm. like If you're whether you're awake or not, you're getting a hug and a goodbye and a love you. And yeah. uh that's important, especially Dude, when you live somewhere where I mean we have accidents every. That's, like, it, that's constantly just, here. Yeah, it
1: should be that way anyway. Yeah, I tell yeah, that to, I, I tell that to my kids and and you know Jessica all the time. Even if her and I are maybe not getting along one day, I always give her a kiss and tell her I love you. Yeah, and, you know just. Because you just don't know, man. Yeah, You never know. But anyways, that's interesting. Seaweed. <laughs> <laughs> Seaweed, was phenomenal.
2: Yeah. Um, so, Wednesday, we had the first podcast. We did it was a few. We're not going to go over each one, but the, those will be coming out. Yeah. We had, uh, we had, we we had one, one out. out.
1: Yeah, last week, or I guess. But, yeah, you're listening to this uh Monday the 27th, assuming you got it when it came out. So, previous week, we had need some whiskey. Yeah, we do need whiskey. We had, uh oh, Birds of Prey. We did Birds Yeah, of Prey. Birds of Prey
2: came out, and then. That was a good one. Um, enjoyed that. I liked all the podcasts. They were all very good. And then the the Jack Daniels one. Well, we'll not spoil it, but
1: yeah, I'm excited about that one and the.
2: Oh, Andrew Beam was a good one too. Oh yeah, they were all good. It's always good hanging out with with Mister Beam, Beam Country. I don't care. Just grab something. Grab that Jack Daniels bonnet. Grab the Penelope. Grab the Penelope. Yeah, this is a seven stars pick. I like it It's a banana So yeah
1: Wednesday we did uh, those podcasts We did a couple on Thursday and, And loaded in Which was good
2: it different, was a lot easier this year. Yeah,
1: different setup than this year. We didn't. We weren't inside the big tent that they have over at Brittle Bank. So we had a, a big tent
2: outside. It. Yeah, we had a twenty by twenty all to ourselves. And we made it like a thing. Like yeah, a vibe. And,
1: and and now that I kind of see where that's at, and i and we can maybe anticipate having a similar setup next year. I'm I'm looking forward to like really planning ahead. Yeah. and 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 setting that up like a like
2: a hangout spot. Yeah, might maybe have a gun range or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, gun range. Uh, for, you know, it would be cool if we could figure out a way to to get a special event license and make cocktails.
2: Yeah, it could be pricey, but we could also charge for them. Yeah, maybe. Um, we'd also be competing with Seaweed's business, which I don't, th- I doubt they're gonna.
1: Or maybe we figure out a way to to do it with them, and, and yeah, maybe. I also, I want to get a big flag to fly, so people yeah. look around, they can look over and see, oh. Yeah, there it is. Let's go check that out. Um, But yeah, definitely like create a whole vibe, some chairs, all that kind of stuff. It'll be
2: fun. And then we had uh, the dinner with Bearcat, which it's so depressing Mm -hmm. because we've been wanting to do that forever. We did it. The event was amazing, right? And then we made that reel, put it out yesterday, and we have acquired a new shadow band. So all our engagement is dove and nobody's really seeing that reel, which is sad because it's like the culminating event of everything we've been trying to do. It's really frustrating. Yeah. It seems like it's pretty constant. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, like just a regular podcast post has around 1,600 views. Mm-hmm. You know, some are, we have some that are 40,000 views, but uh, yeah, the, the event with Bearcat, 687. So, it's, you know, we're not being found. And then Jacob sent us a picture yesterday. He had to type out whiskey and white tape, got all the way to I before we showed up. So that happens, that
1: happens on a lot of platforms. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's because if it's 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 probably I'm sure it is partly part of a shadow ban. I think it's also that W is yeah way down at the end because whenever I search for whiskey and white tails, for example, in the Go Wild app when I'm trying to do a post, because um, you can actually pull up, you, you can say you listen to an outdoor podcast and you mm-hmm. can actually select it and select the specific. I have to type out whiskey the word and and almost get to the entire end of white tails before ours shows up. Yeah, and a bunch of other shit pops up well before ours. Yeah, it could be.
2: Whatever. I don't know. It's annoying. What are you going to do? Yeah, we live in a world where that stuff matters but I guess so. I don't really <laughs> think it matters to me. Yeah, that dinner was awesome. We had a cool lineup. It was so cool to see happen. Everybody enjoyed it. We got a standing ovation basically at the end. Nice. And um, George is all about doing stuff with us. He said something along the lines of, you weren't going to be attached to our hip. So, Well, we like you said,
1: we have been drumming up and dreaming up this the the idea of that sort of wild game curated wild game and and whiskey pairing dinner event experience for the better part of two years three years and it was was, I didn't get to be there but it was cool to know that it was coming to fruition and to see how well it went how well it was received that makes me confident that continuing to do this and scale it however we can and, and still keep it quality that we want it, mm-hmm. uh, is, is, is possible. And the interest that we saw it from people at Seaweed as well.
2: Yeah. The Seaweed thing, I've got a stack of cards that I need to go through. I just haven't had time to do it, but um, I'll be emailing everybody that sent us a card if you're listening. And then um, we had a couple of things that we talked to people about that just seemed like they want to do stuff and they have the space available and the means to make it happen. So I'm really excited for what the future holds. It's, you know, it takes a long time to build something like this. And, mm-hmm. and it's just meeting the right people and getting I, getting, I, getting the idea in front of the right person's face.
1: Yeah. And I mentioned that to someone. You know, they, they were like, well, it's cool that those – I was kind of talking about something. He's like, oh, that was, it's cool that those things sort of came to fruition. And I was like, yeah. So it's been a long time, in, you know, in the making. He's like, well, what was different about this year than last year? And I said, really, nothing. nothing is different. We've just been consistent and yeah. continually – worked on what we're working on, doing what we're doing. It's been frustrating at times. It's been discouraging. That's business though. Um, And we've continued to just stay consistent in, in our, um, you know, being at the market, being, doing events where we can, putting out podcasts and and content, however we can. And consistency wins at the end of the day in just about anything you do. So uh, yeah, it's cool to see. there's a couple of things that happened that I don't, I don't think I want to talk about on the podcast until they come to fruition yeah, for yeah, sure for sure
2: um but then, also don't want to give away ideas
1: no and and that that will just be really cool to uh really cool to talk about those when they happen so
2: yeah so the too is i'm going to down to bluffton this weekend mm-hmm. to um just for a weekend getaway but the burnt church folks chris crow wanted to get dinner and nice. so i'm hoping that yeah you know, i'm not going there for business reasons but um we're going to just hang out but i think it'll be It'd be cool. He said that he will hook us up with Anita's choice next year for, for the tent. No so shit, that would be really cool. It went over really well. We, for those that are following along, we went to Bur- Burnt Church with Millers all day and yeah. and Mill, and kind of just talked about some of the collaborations they're doing. We were just invited to go, and it was it was a cool experience. And I like we love everything they're doing. I mean, mm-hmm. they're so. Innovative, I guess is the right word. Yeah, they, they
1: kind of epitomize all the things that we enjoy about the, the whiskey industry. Yeah. They they care a lot about the ingredients and the process leading up to it aging. Uh they're taking some unique approaches to aging because they have to, and they're a small distillery, new distillery. Uh their facility is beautiful and they clear they've clearly taken the time uh to build and create an environment and a space that they're really proud of. Yeah. And so the guys they're talking were saying, you know, they had ideas about this place, and they they didn't rush it. You know, if if it was gonna take a year to get something done, then then it was gonna take a year, yeah. and they were okay with waiting and putting the money aside or into it to make that happen. Like that stained glass glass window, you know, that didn't get made uh, in a fucking yeah. week. And I'm sure it was wildly. I'm expensive. sure it was crazy expensive. And just I don't know if you noticed, but outside, there's probably not a
2: stained glass window of people around.
1: I'm sure they're rare. If yeah. if they exist I mean, at all. How often do you
2: build a cathedral these days? <laughs> Right, Yes. Yeah,
1: I don't know how how often did you really build a cathedral at all? Because well, like by churches time, today don't have them. No, but and then, and then even back in the day when they they were more popular, like it took those cathedrals sometimes yeah years or decades to be built before right. it was ready to put stained glass in. So yeah. um yeah, it was it was it, it's really cool the way they they put that place together, and and you can tell they really care about what they're doing there. So
2: yeah, and then Peter the master Stiller's Super smart and, and he's he has some experience in other places, but some of the stuff he's putting together, I'm, I'm excited to see it. we got to taste a little bit there, and
1: yeah, it was um he's just a good dude, like he yeah. you know, I think he said, I think we asked him what he was what he was doing or something about dinner. he was like, no, nah, I got a freezer freezer full of venison to go home and eat, and I was like, my man, yeah, there you go, yeah so, but yeah, that was Seaweed and uh if you came out and saw us, thank you, if you did not get to make it out, shame on you, you missed it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, you would definitely miss a good time. We had a we had a, a bunch of people stop by and do some hangouts and got to do stuff with Mister Beam, the Livingstons. Uh-huh. Stark came by a few times. Um, Millers hooked us up with food the entire weekend. Pretty yeah, much. Yeah, thank you, thank you for that. Yeah, Jeff, you're the man. You're The man, Jeff. That was good. Those, those uh,
1: food was. Is that was that just a seaweed uh, menu? Yeah, that's a bummer because some yeah. of that stuff I would 100 percent order on the regular. Yeah, if I it would too. On the menu.
2: And shout out to Breakthrough for uh, giving us a bottle of Woodford Double Oak. Yep, good folks, man. It's yeah. the, the event is nothing
1: is never short of just good people.
2: It's always fun. We did do the Ducks Unlimited dinner uh, this year, and I believe we've decided to not do that ever again. Correct. Not to badmouth them, but we don't like the fact that the money leaves the state; it yeah. goes somewhere else. So I, I'm all about. I have
1: like no that. problem supporting conservation organizations. Uh, I believe what Ducks Unlimited does. Is important for, for protecting, sure, for sure. Uh, you know, waterfowl and what the work they do with the flyways. Unfortunately, uh, you know, whenever I give money to an organization, it you know, I like to see where it goes, and I like to see that the local chapters and the people doing the work here in this state are you being able to are able to use that money for the resources they need. Right, um, and apparently that doesn't happen with Ducks Unlimited. A lot of that money goes to up to national, and then it gets reallocated
2: as they see fit. And it turns out the National Deer Association kind of seems to be doing the same thing. Yeah, so uh, we talked to some guys there that are leaving or not interested in sporting anymore. It's a, it's a it's a weird time for the conservation it side. It is, of
1: and and the, the organizations are all still doing good work. It's yeah, just yeah, yeah. how some how some of them are choosing to go uh, to go about it. And I don't know all the ins and outs about either of these. These are just right, this right. is information we've gotten by word of mouth. I will continue to be you know a member of of most of these organizations sure. because again yeah. i believe in what they're doing and um you know i like the free uh email address stickers i get or not, uh, <laughs> mailing address stickers yeah. i get every year yeah <laughs> uh but you know it is what it is we found some other some other really good organizations as well that we've supported this weekend um and i think in terms of dinners and after party sort of events we'll probably explore some of those next year yeah if you want to hang out we'll probably be doing quill forever i believe oh yeah speaking of quill forever Shout to them. Yep. I, uh, I I threw some money into their gun raffle and won, won a gun, which is always fun nice. to do. should do it more often. I'm like, I'm actually in specifically in gun raffles. I'm three for five and actually yeah, winning So you're doing pretty guns. good, yeah. I'm so, not. Really <laughs> ever, I've never, nope, never won a gun It may raffle. be my thing. Like all this yeah. time I've been bitch because people are lucky, maybe gun raffles are my thing. It could be. I don't know. Don't, uh, don't ask my I advice have to, I, have to n- I have to not care, though, because the last... Ones I've done where I've really just want something I really wanted, I don't win. Yeah. I almost forgot that I put money into that thing. And then I got a random phone call and a voicemail. And I was like, oh, shit. Nice. Daddy's bringing home a new pew pew. Speaking of pew pews.
2: Speaking of, that's a good segue. Tell me what you got in front of us here, bud. So I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, just because we've been getting a ton of questions on it. So I figured it'd be, I might as well just go over it. Um, so as you know, we do the Sniper's Unknown stuff and being there and watching these guys run these implements, these tools, these weapons. Uh, I've always been a gun gun guy. Um, I mean, you have two. We grew up. We both grew up around firearms, and so the you've put you put
1: them a little bit to more to a practical application though than I have. In life. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah.
2: So the one thing that's cool about it is, well, for we yeah, offer that. So for Af- Afghanistan, I brought the only thing I brought with me for my weapon was a dust shield. So if you're laying on the ground and firing, it doesn't blow dust up out of the muzzle. Mm-hmm. So that's I I put that on my weapon in, in Afghanistan, but um, when I came home, I was like, you know, there's things I liked about it, didn't like about it, the, the weapon itself. And I was like, I'm going to build one that's a little shorter than normal, but not like crazy short SBR style. Yeah. Um, so I built an AR-15 like right when I came home, and I built, I built something that I could use that was functional, that was simple, that anybody could grab. It has a forward grip on it, and I've kind of left it at that. I haven't really touched anything tactical until – but doing the Sniper's Unknown thing, man, it's been – it's been what well, the pistol stuff is so small there, but I love. I think the just watching somebody take a pistol and hit these little six round targets at, you know, eleven yards or whatever it is, well,
1: it's pretty crazy. It's it's funny because everybody shows up to that competition with all their expensive long, you know, yeah, long guns and suppressors and ranges and range finders and lasers and all this shit, and then guys forget there's a pistol part. There's a pistol part to this <laughs> yeah. stuff, and so. Just like the first year we went, we got to see where, and I, and this is something I noticed as well. Not this last year, but the years before we went to, there were a good set of guys that were out of shape. Yeah, they were not in good shape. You notice there weren't very many of those this year. Yeah, and so I think competition weeds people out, and they realize, oh, this is not my kind of competition. Right. I think we'll see next year people come more prepared for for the pistol for stuff, pistol yeah. stuff. Yeah, because th- there were a couple of stages where your ability to shoot a pistol accurately. Was basically your buy in to get to the long gun, right. And if you couldn't shoot a pistol, you couldn't get to the long gun to make yeah. your points.
2: And some of these are pretty far six inch targets are like 20 30 yards. Yeah. It's like that's it's a not hard easy shot. when you're sprinting back and yeah, forth, yeah. When you're, when you're smoked, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we as you as you were saying that you have to shoot the pistol and hit the target, and that gives you one shot at a long range shot in your rifle. And mm-hmm. if you miss, you got to go back and do it again. And it's you know, you watch these guys that'll drop a mag. You're drop around and they miss and now they gotta yeah. sprint back to the start gate and sprint back to the tire yep. shoot one they miss and it's like
1: and this is the same guy who had no problem hitting you know
2: a a standing, nine inch, a
1: nine inch target at 20 yards whatever yeah or, 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 or hitting <laughs> a six inch nine inch target at you know 400 meters over and over again yeah but then struggle with a pistol at 30 yards
2: yeah so i don't have the ability to go shoot more than 100 yards really yeah. i mean we we have a at the hunt club we have a 100 yard range but mm-hmm. to me that's kind of boring i can You know, I could try and get closer to the center, but you're not really getting wind and dope and all that stuff into the figure figuration. But I did figure I could buy some steel targets and set them up out there. And I think I'm going to re-up at the Hunt Club just for that, just for the pistol range. So I've been wanting to build a Glock and I didn't. And the reason I want to talk about this is because there's two different ways you could do it. And one, I didn't know a lot about, which is what I'm going to explain. The other one is just what you can, you can go buy a Glock. So you can go buy, I bought a Gen 5 Glock 19. in Oof. Sniper Gray, built by Apollo Customs, um, which means it's just seracoded, Sniper Gray. But at the top, I wanted an optic, so I did not buy an RMR cut. It just had a regular slide. So you had to take, send the slide out to get it milled, which is going to be 300 bucks probably. Yeah. And then I'm bound to buy some kind of barrel, and then I'm bound to buy this and that and the other thing. So... What I ended up doing was, like, I was like, I'm just going to find an aftermarket slide. So I went with Zafiri Precision. Mm-hmm. I bought a slide from them around Christmas time. And I went and bought a HoloSun with the green optic. It's the, whatever, the HE-507C. Uh, but when you do that, it's taller than your factory sights. So then you have to buy suppressor sights because they're taller. Yeah. Just in case your sight fails, you still have. And I've always had Trijicons, mm-hmm. but I didn't want the plain green. So I went and got double orange rear green front. Trigicon's sniper height or uh, suppressor height, and I have a TLR8 light on it, and I have a Zafiri Precision trigger on it, and it is uh, it's a heavy gun, but the ergonomics of it are, are odd to me. But the trigger is crazy because on the Gen Five, like it has this much movement, yeah, and then it fires. Where on this polymer 80 build, check for clear. It has that much. It has a more easier movement. Yeah. Same thing. Ugh. Click to fire. The, it feels much better because uh, well, it has a different trigger. I was guard.
1: playing around with this one when you, when you left earlier. I like the way that this this trigger guard yeah. is shaped to fit yes. your second hand. Like it feels it feels so comfortable.
2: Yeah, it's a type of cut that they do. So this lower, so the other Glock that I have, it's not a Glock at all. Mm-hmm. There's no Glock parts on this, even though it looks like a Glock. It's funny. And the slide is made for a Glock. So what it is is a Polymer 80, and this is what I wanted to talk about. If you go and buy a Glock, you're going to spend around 600 bucks for it. If you go buy a Polymer 80 lower, which is the name of the company, Polymer 80, they're 80% lowers, and then you have to buy a case to slide it in, and you drill out all your holes, mm-hmm. and you have to route out some stuff on the inside. But you can also buy them serialized where they're already that's already done. So okay. it's basically just a lower. So you can buy these on sale usually for like eighty, ninety dollars for this lower. And then the trigger's like one twenty, the slides with the RMR cut, I think is like three fifty or something like that. All said and done, you could build this Glock for uh, for around five hundred dollars, or you can go buy a stock Glock for around six fifty. And then and then do all the and other shit. And then add, you know another six to eight hundred dollars so like, worth of shit. This is probably with everything on this Gen Five Glock right here that I'm, you're probably looking at full retail price probably around two thousand dollars. Yeah, how much is that? That Holosun sight by itself was like three something. Three something. Yeah. I enjoy shooting this polymer eighty more. Really? Yeah. I think it has better ergonomics. It feels better yeah. in your hand, and I like the relief cuts that it has on it. Um, and then I could throw that Holosun on here. So I think what I'm going to do is actually put the Glock back to stock, mm-hmm. and I'm going to sell it and <laughs> put the Holo Sun on, on the polymer eighty, it's a solid choice. But it's interesting. So if you're looking, if you're looking to get into pistol stuff specifically the Glock side, the polymer eighty thing is very cool, and they make different ones. You don't have to get a Glock nineteen, but that's the, based yeah. on the Glock nineteen. Nice. But yeah, Zephyr Precision, you check them out. It's good stuff, and the the team there is pretty good. The shipping can be slow, but you know they're busy, so. And yeah, they I mean, also got to anodize stuff and get it powder-coated. Right, and, you know, right. It takes time to build it's this a sh- stuff.
1: I mean, it's, a, it's a shop. You're not ordering it from a big box store with a bunch of stuff on right. you know, in yeah. stock. So, Purchase with that in
2: mind, folks. That was really all I had to say. Cool. Was to check them out. And, um, and yeah, and if you tell them we sent you, they'll probably give you a heads up on when they're doing their next sale. Yeah. Because they run these sales. I mean, I got an email yesterday for their Spectrum. The Spectrum barrel was 179. And they did a sales one nineteen, nice. so sixty dollars off. It's I mean it's pretty good. That's a good deal. It's a good deal. Yeah. What's the uh, What's the
1: magazine capacity on? It's just six fifteen plus one.
2: So Eat, I have normal? several different mags for several different Glocks, but these are both fifteen. I have a plus two on this one, and this is just a base plate. Okay. But then I have the full size Glock, which is a seventeen round magazine, mm-hmm. and I have a well, extender on that as well, so you can get. I think 18 or 19 rounds in it. Nice. Plus one. Solid. Yeah, it's fun. But that being said, these are modified pistols, so um, it's up to you if you want to carry it and rely on your life. Anytime you modify a pistol, you're basically taking it away from the way it's supposed to be. So yeah. keep that in mind.
1: It's, it's something that I, that I struggle with because I see all the fun stuff you can do with it, but also I see professionals do this stuff. But they also run it all the time. Yeah. And they work out the kinks. That's they the find those things that, that, that
2: make it unreliable. They fix yep. it. And so they trust their weapon. And that's what I'm in the process with right now. These, you, you cannot just put these together. They're, they're, yeah. You're going to have to do stuff. So I had to buy a file kit. For the Gen 5, I had to actually file the trigger down to Mm -hmm. fit because it has a dual, an ambidextrous slide release. Right. So the trigger housing is smaller. It's an actual Gen 3 trigger. So I had to file that down. The sights aren't going to fit in here because they're made for Glock frames. These are a little bit different tolerance. So I had to file the sights down a little bit. There's some clearance issues you're going to have to work out. Um, I've read, I've never had that problem, but I've read. They just don't cycle right, and you got to put 200 rounds in them. And even Polymerady suggests that you run 250 rounds of straight 115-grain ball ammo before, before you start thinking you're going to use it for anything. Just to work shit out. Yeah, just to get it to move. And you yeah. can tell when they start to get worn out some. Worn in, not worn out. Yeah. Like it's a break-in period, you know? Yeah, for sure. Where a factory Glock, you don't really have that. It's ready to go. You see
1: it You see it in guys that, that run their weapons all the time. And, like, yeah. you hold a new gun, and you go to do, a pre- like, a press check, and yeah. it, it hardly moves, and these guys are, like, one-handed holding their gun and, and using a finger to slide yeah. the slide back just because things are so worn in and, and and broken in, whatever word you want to use.
2: You can also see it. It's something that I uh, found interesting in John Wick. So Kimbers are notorious for doing the uh, not loading the next round on a full magazine. So if you are run out, drop swap mag, drop slide on a Kimber, you're almost always supposed to Pull it back just yeah. to check and make sure there's a round in there. And in John Wick, they actually do it. It's very interesting. The only time he's shooting a Kimber and he does that, yeah, he does a mag swap. They pay, drops he, a slide. Yeah. He pulls a slide back to check. He and, and he and
1: the people that wrote that movie paid a ton of attention oh to detail yeah. with those firearms. They it's did. pretty impressive.
2: But you know, that's normally what I carry is a Kimber mm-hmm. Ultra Carry 45. I like the 45. The bullet's important. uh cop told uh, office, police officer, I "Gotta stop saying cops." Apparently, cop? apparently, that's a bad thing. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, still cops to me. They called them coppers because they wore copper badges. Okay. So it's like a derogatory, I don't know, whatever. Uh, a police officer was telling me that sometimes if, if you're shooting a high-speed round and it blows through somebody, they won't go to the emergency room if they're involved in a crime. Uh-huh. However, if it's a larger or smaller moving round or a something that will expand, like uh-huh. um, those are my favorite. defensive rounds. They're gonna have to go to a hospital. So yeah. he's like, if you if you're gonna carry something with the intentions of defending yourself, and you want to make sure if they don't die, they're at least arrested. Ooh. You want to make sure the bullet doesn't leave them. Plus, it's safer for everybody in the room. Right, of course. So, for that reason, I carry 45 um, expandable tips. Nice. So. Just in yeah. case, just in case someone needs a, uh, a coaster sized hole in their back. Well, I'm an I'm an excellent shot, so I'm, I don't want to hit them in the same hole twice. You know what <laughs> I mean? And, then, <laughs> and it goes all the way through. Yeah, that's funny. I don't think that's possible. It's I'm sure it's happened. Sure. Do you have any gu- a Glock questions while we're while we're on this? Because this is not going to be like no a segment. Yeah.
1: No, I don't really have any questions. Um, like- I I love. that. I, I do want to build another another firearm, but I I've shot Glocks. They're not my favorite. I think it has a lot to do with you have much bigger hands than I do. Yeah. Uh, they don't always fit. That's why I liked this one so much. Yeah. The, the polymer eighty because the way they have that cut, it fits my hand a lot better mm-hmm. than
2: a, than a regular Glock. Yeah, and I mean you can see it on mine. Like my pinky hangs over, mm-hmm. and then here my pinky really hangs over. Yeah, we're on on this one. My pinky actually fits, and then my pinky fits. Yeah, exactly. So it, it feels a lot better. Yeah, and also shooting them, it's fun with that Holosun the optic. It's it's cheating, hundred percent cheating. Because if you bring up like metal sight, regular sights, and you pull it up, you need to you know everybody's shot a gun before. You got to get the rear sight, the front sight aligned, and you pull right. the trigger.
0: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
2: On this thing, you don't really have to even get that close to your eyeball. Like, You don't have to sit there and look at it. If you see that green dot, and you're looking through the, through the dot, that, and the dot's on target, and you pull the trigger, gonna it's, it's going to hit. Nice. So it's target acquisition is definitely faster on that, and that's the reason in gun competitions... Most of them are limited. They won't let you run those yeah. unless you do full and open, which full and open competition, you're going to get smoked. Yeah. Because there's good people in that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Good people that are like, oh, I can do all this fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not only am I good, but I'm
2: about to fuck you up. Yeah. <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I think, I mean, in terms of for self defense, I think it's a no brainer having mm-hmm. a red dot. I used to, I used to kind of be eh against them, but I, you know, I think I, I'm, I'm more and more up to it. I've been looking at them to buy. A lot more recently so
2: i think it's actually called an mos cut on a glock oh is it i don't know it's an rmr for there mm. for these hollow because you can buy glocks with those cuts on them. they have this plate just like that yeah yeah yeah. so if you're gonna buy a glock and you don't want to modify it but you want to be able to run a red dot just buy a glock so, that has that on at the right time yeah a lot of guns do now um yeah. who
1: is it sig, sig has
2: their new their new nine the p whatever nine mm-hmm. it's dope
1: yeah. The, the the new SIG is one that I was looking at and uh Springfield's uh, Hellcat mm-hmm. comes with a red dot and um it's also a pretty nice setup.
2: That was like uh Travis um Travis Brown, the guy we met. No, that's not Travis Brown, that's the white tail fake guy. Um I don't remember his last name. Travis, the guy that we met at Snipers Unknown. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He built this uh he built this SIG, which is dope. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. I like good. I like the way
1: sigs feel in my hand. I just don't like the way they, my, my credit card feels.
2: Yeah, like <laughs> I don't own <know> any sigs. <laughs> so Except for that reason, <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, um, did you want to do a the the uh, just the sip? Uh, we certainly
1: can. Run it. Run it.
2: Just the
1: sip. Mm. If you're new here, Just a Sip is a segment where we take a whiskey that has been sent in to us by a listener, and we do a one-sip review. We're going to we're gonna nose it, see what it smells like, see what we get off the nose. We're going to taste a sip, give you a little feedback, and then we're going to move on with our conversation.
2: Yes. And this slip was sent in by Carl Vincent. Thank you, Carl Vincent. This is a Davies County Ducks Unlimited pick, and it's old. Cool. So it's a Dusty, I believe. Uh, I don't know. 96 proof. 9-6. Nine, On the nose. Not a lot.
1: I get a little bit of like Laffy Taffy, like banana Laffy Taffy.
2: Like girl shake that Laffy Taffy? Mm, I wish I had that in a button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: there's not a lot to that. No, there's not. I wonder what... Is 96. there any
2: 96? So there's like a weird sweetness to it. That's what like I'm saying. A,
1: and and candy is the first kind of that Laffy taffy like uh maybe like candy shell, maybe, yeah, okay, sip it, it's
2: like tropical, was not expecting that, no me neither, there's actually a pretty good palette on that. It's tropical, I get almost like a leather on the finish, leather and I get a uh, man, it's like uh,
1: dark fruits, yeah, and leather, like like when I say dark fruits, I mean like dates or yep. fig. It's not super. It's not super like candy sweet like like I get on the nose. um, It tastes much better. It tastes much more more balanced. Yeah, it's a good whiskey. Yeah, thanks for that. Mm, Who sent it? Sorry,
2: I already put the thing down. Sorry, it's fine. Yeah, sorry. I that's across the room. I'd go get it. But that was just the sip. Yum, and if you wanted to send us a sip, you can for a little bit shorter of a time. Uh our address is online. Just please put some information on there. Yeah. <laughs> the guessing game is not uh Yeah. It's not part of just the sip. Like an abbreviation, like you he knows what D B means. I don't. So Let me see. Oh. I don't know what D B means. Duck barrel? Double barreled? Deutsche Bank. Double, double bubble, double bubble. Yeah, that's what it means.
1: Double Double bubble. trouble. All right. Yeah. So we promised at the beginning of this episode that we were going to go over some fun, cool stuff that we've seen coming out and making their way around the socials from both ATA and SHOT Show. Um, I sort of took a look at some ATA stuff and Matt gathered some things. From SHOT Show, so we're just kind of bounce back and forth and talk about some of these things. These are by no means the end-all, be-all list of this kind of stuff. If you want that, go online or, or go to YouTube and search, you know, ATA or SHOT Show recap for 2023, and you'll find all kinds of crazy stuff. But these are just some of the things that caught our attention. When we start, you want to start? Yeah, go ahead. So, are you familiar with Tacticam? The little... Yep. Okay. yeah. Have you seen the videos and how kind of... Sorry, Tacticam, how bad they are. They've gotten better.
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm aware of them being pretty terrible in the past.
1: So, how good is your image stabilization on an iPhone now? How good is my what? How good is the image stabilization on an oh, iPhone? Oh, yeah, 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 it's pretty solid, right? So, this uh, mag, mag Pro came out with a bow mount. Okay. That mounts the stabilizer. So, it's not magne- shaky as fuck? So, it, and it's, so, it's magnetic, and you just put one of those really flat magnets, or, or if you already have on it, uh, and you just mount your, your iPhone right to your stabilizer. Now, my only issue and concern with this is, uh, you need to make sure you need to test that the hell out of that, like at the range, to make sure that shit doesn't fall out. Because I would be pissed yes. if I'm drawing back on a uh, a booner and my yeah. phone falls off.
2: And then the deer goes, "Oh wow, that's a phone." There's a hunter up there, <laughs>
1: <laughs> or maybe not, but you know, I don't want to spook it away.
2: Right. Yeah, it's the. I don't know. It's um. It seems like a pretty easy way to do it.
1: Well, it's, you know, everybody's getting into with social media, it's, you know, it's the whole idea of filming your hunt and getting content and all this right. stuff. And if everybody's using their phone to do it, if it's stable enough and it's strong enough to keep, uh, keep the phone there, you know, you've just eliminated at least one camera. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things. I have another one like it. That's just a simple product, probably costs cents to make. And I'm surprised no one's made it yet. What is it? that one. Oh, that. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. There's a, I have another one but yeah. we'll we'll bounce back and forth. So that
2: yeah, that was it. It's it's by MagPro. It's a MagPro bow mount for uh for smartphones. It's a good idea, especially if you're cheap and you don't want to buy a bunch of camera equipment. Yeah. And it's also on your phone, so it's easy to upload.
1: Easy to yeah. upload and yeah. we're not talking about 2004 or 2000, you know, 7 iPhone camera. Yeah. We're talking about today's iPhone camera, which is pretty pretty solid.
2: Yeah. All right, next. Sorry, I'm just trying to understand this one because I should have looked it up, but I figured it. Would. But anyway, the um, it's called dry fire mag. It's for Glock 43x and mm-hmm. 48s. So it's it was the number one like scan thing at Shot Show. But the 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 question I have about it says that you, it, I'll just read it. The dry fire mag is used for the Glock 43x and 48. Will allow you to practice your dry fire technique without having to remove your support hand to cycle the slide of your pistol. So it's something that goes in a magazine well, and then there's a laser adapted to it, and it has an app on your phone. You play with it. It's $98.99. However, I, I'm curious. It Like, in the videos, it doesn't have the slide blowing back, so I don't know if it's just reacting to your finger, your hand moving and pulling the trigger. Yeah. Because uh, then... Like, one would argue that half the point of dry fire practice it's is to match the... Get that, that muscle memory yeah, of your, tri- your trigger pull. Right. You know, every every
1: we were just discussing the differences between these two pistols. Right. If you're going to carry something, you need to understand how much slack you have so right. that you don't oopsie-daisy somebody yeah. when you're right. in a, a shitty situation.
2: So it's interesting. I don't, I'm not really sure how it how it works, but I like the idea of it that you could basically not have to go to the range. But if, if they had a way for it to cycle the slide, but yeah. like I said in the videos, it's not cycling the slide, so I don't... Mm. I don't know if it's just you tapping. I mean, the whole point of dry firing is you're as you're pulling the trigger. So. Yeah, but I have to look more into it. But I did find that one very interesting, and it was one of the top things scanned at Shot Show. Interesting, as far as people looking at it. Yeah, but I like the idea of being able to do some home practice, and you, I think you can also compete with your friends and things like that. To like the a app? game, yeah.
1: Oh, cool. That'd, yeah. that'd be kind of fun. But cool. I,
2: don't, I, don't, I, don't, I thought it was cool. I think it's a cool idea. Cool idea. I'm surprised that nobody's come up with it yet. And again that's what
1: like the next one i'll talk about is another one that i'm surprised nobody came up with and it's uh it's actually from a company called bow hitch you can check them out at bowhitch.com uh, and it, basically what it is is it's a thin piece of like iodized aluminum that mounts in between the bow site yeah and, and the riser and it extends you don't have to adjust your your site or anything it's just you know there's enough space and extra you know screw real estate to fit it in there and it's a it's a it's a flat piece that comes out back um, by your by your string, mm-hmm. and it's got like a, just a flat hook, and it comes with a strap that you can attach to a backpack, so it hangs down by your right or left shoulder, yeah. and you just hook that metal hook into that strap, and it hangs down in between your arm.
2: Way more convenient. No hands. Than so you the can one walk behind up. your back. Yeah, you can yeah. walk
1: around, and the whole time I was thinking, I was like, how awesome would that have been to have when we were tromping around the mountain in uh, in Colorado
2: for elk? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that have been way better not have to carry it. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. And it's just it—it's right there, so you can pop it off. And because uh, we've yeah. had them before, but they mount in the back, and then it's like it's a whole thing—you got to dig it out of the bag yeah, and
1: all that. Right, right. And it's great for if you're just if you're just hiking in, yeah. you just need to get it out of your way. But if if I need to transition from my chest rig or my binoculars to yeah. be able to grab my bow, I don't I don't want to have to do all that other stuff. Same so. idea as like a rifle sling.
2: Yeah, more yeah. or less. Yeah, it's height. I'd be down to try that out. Huh? We'll see if they'll send us one. Should. Uh, next one uh, Cyanx brings innovation to the traditional Night vision device market with the Ooh. introduction Of Opsen it's a helmet mounted Color digital night vision monocle So it's inspired By the US DoD desire to integrate digital Night vision into surveillance and support Low light operations Opsen is changing the night vision game With their proprietary system black Silicon CMOS sensor provider it provides unmatched low light capability combined with immersive digital display recording and navigation features. So it's basically like a heads up display kind of deal, mm-hmm. but it does everything. And there was a friend of mine and a small company that provides stuff for the DoD and they also create something like that, but it's only DoD, but his is dope because you can throw the map on it and you get haptic feedback in the event that you're looking for something uh, tactically and you're being guided in that direction so sure. you don't have to get your hand off your weapon you it, can be hand on one eye on this monocle and you can tell where you need to go that way you're not looking down at a device tells you like hot cold yeah more, yeah. <laughs> more or less <laughs> yeah yeah it's like it's like a for those that have never done that it's it's and it's a beeping mm-hmm. yeah. and, and depending on which way uh your receiver is pointing it'll um alert you into the direction that you're going but yeah i liked it because it has uh i liked it because it has applications for multiple different things but the shot show stuff is more on like the tactical side of it but right. i thought it was very interesting that it's taken another product that i'm surprised has taken this long for them to come up with that idea well i
1: think i think part of the part of the problem with some of these i think some of these technologies have been around for a good minute yeah but early in the developmental process they're making it and it's still expensive to make. Yeah. And the DOD is buying it up and, you know, making them sign contracts to, hey, how about you don't release this to anybody else right. for five years. So they're getting past those NDAs. Yeah. It's and, all that DARPA money. And, yep. And then they're able to to make a few modifications to where they can legally say, this is not the same product. Right. So we're going to sell this to the public. And
2: you can see how small it is. Oh my
1: God. I was expecting something much
2: bigger. Yeah. So it basically mounts like a regular nod wood on a helmet. Holy cow. Yeah. It's pretty sick. Uh, like the military is not using something that um, large yeah. anymore, but for a civilian application, it would be pretty cool. Yeah, that would be cool, especially, especially if you're some, doing like coyote hunting. Yeah, or coyote yeah. hunting—that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, if you can
1: throw in infrared and night vision and a map all night, in one. And you say color night vision, right? So it's—is that what it, what I what I understood? It's. Cause uh, I've heard about that. That's a, that's a thing, right?
2: Yeah, it's it's digital, color digital. Okay. So it's not necessarily so a like true color. Yeah, But you're getting more than just Yeah, more than red, hot, Greens white, and hot. gray scales or, or right. infrared yeah. stuff that's just hotter or yeah, like whiter. Yeah, kind of fills it in. It's like it knows this is a bush and it's so it's makes so it here's look a here's bush a, color. A bushiest yeah. bushy color. Bushy color. <laughs> my roses are dead. Oh, let me take my monocle off. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh man. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um So the next, the one that I, another one that I looked at, so I've been, I'm still, I haven't pulled the trigger on buying a saddle. And so I was kind of waiting to see what came out of ATA Timber Ninja. uh, There's a lot of brands coming out now that are making, you know, making saddles. Um, Timber Ninja makes saddles and they have their saddle called the Black Belt Nano. And it's called the Nano because it is the lightest, it is the lightest saddle on the market coming in at just one pound.
2: Yeah, and it had some
1: really cool features that I really liked about it. Now I've heard, and in in our Patreon, if you're not a member, you should check it out. In our Patreon, we have a an entire sub chat that is just related to talking gear. And one of the big conversations that went on this year was how to manage how we're different people are managing their gear on their belt and on their saddle. So these guys came up with some magnetic features that make a bunch of that easier. So they have some clips and things on their belt that that work with any. Any climbing stick yep. uh, design where it, ma- it it holds them magnetically, so you don't have to deal with loops and. Mine's aluminum. Mm, or the whole thing. Yeah. Well, maybe it had. I think maybe it has something you, you attach to it. That would work. Yeah, so like a tether. Yeah. And you can and you snap it on, but it also had a magnetic, um, a belt clip. So, like, I guess a lot of them, and I haven't experimented with a lot of them, but a lot of them, you, in order to secure the clip, you kind of have to. You know, turn it one way, or and it can be difficult to manage. I guess in low light, it's like
2: a motorcycle helmet; they're hard to get on. And so
1: they made theirs to where it magnetically puts it in the right position. So you just kind of got to kind of get them in the right area, and they can magnetically lock into and clip into place. And then uh, they also have a magnetic platform carrier. That would be. I just thought that was
2: cool. Like a lot of the gripes that I've heard people complain about, it seems like they took them and were like, "Fuck it, we'll fix it all in one." My biggest gripe is putting up three climbing sticks. Like you have you have to put up one and then climb up, put the second one up, and then climb back down. And get the because th- otherwise you're reaching in and out of your bag, and it's a huge pain. But yeah, to be yeah. able to easily un you know unmagnetics velcro it if yeah. you will. That would be that would be key.
1: Yeah, it's definitely like uh, places where you hunt regularly. I can see why people. Uh, I've heard of people saying, you know what, like I like to hunt this area and I like to hunt these three trees depending on the time of year or the wind, and they just set up pegs or sticks and a platform and just leave them there and all they ever go up and down with is their is yeah. the actual saddle itself because the managing the climbing sticks does honestly seem like a real pain in the ass yes it is but it also beats the hell out of a regular climbing
2: ladder and platform and all that stuff yeah. too so i enjoyed my saddle hunting this year yeah. i'm glad i went that route
1: yeah i'll do that this year for sure um i think that was the only thing oh they also had uh so, a lot of them are coming with more, like, built-in pockets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they did had a cool feature I saw where they made the inside lining of their pockets. It, it was bright yellow or bright orange, so you can see easier, like, what's in there and what you're trying to fish out. And then, um, and like everybody else, they're coming up with adjustable bridges and things like that to mm-hmm. make, so that once you get in it, you can customize it and, and yeah. make it fit a little more more comfortably, but...
2: That's why I brought the Cruiser, because it has that fold in it. So once you get yeah. up, you can pull the fold up over your love handles, and it's way yeah. more comfortable. They,
1: I think it was Cruiser or someone else came uh, extended or improved on that feature yeah. recently I saw. So that's something to, it's a good feature. to, keep, to look out for if you're – if you're on the larger side, uh, like myself and uh, friends that like to hunt, which well, um, just
2: turns it more into a hammock as opposed to a crotch, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a fucking tight diaper yeah. that you have to yeah, wear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so that yeah, that was that. The Timber Ninja um, Nano saddle, black belt Nano.
2: My last one from Shot Show is the. I'm. I kind of want one. It's the Shoot House Live Fire Simulator. Ooh. So have did you ever you ever been to a virtual range? The army does it to save money. No. So it's you're they you know what dime drills are? I'm no, sure no Um basically you lay down the prone position. Oh, with holding
1: a, the, with the dime or a penny on the yeah, yeah, on yeah, the yeah.
2: barrel. And so you should be able to pull the trigger without the dime or the penny falling off. Yeah, I've off heard, I've end. heard
1: them called penny. I should have put two and two together.
2: Yeah. I think that's dr- dimes are smaller, I don't know. Oh, that's what they I can't probably can't do it with a quarter, so don't think really it matters. It takes a lot of practice, but so that's what the <laughs> army's like. What are you privates doing? You got nothing to do. Go do dime, <laughs> p- do dime drills. And so you just go over there uh, with a buddy and, and dry fire into each other's crotch and put the pin the dime back up there. But, nice. Um so they have some like that, but they're air and you the re- weapons hooked up to an air piston bolt instead of oh, a so regular bolt. Nice. Right. And so that's they do the the range like that. And it's usually for people that are really bad at the range, it's like you know, like a like the fat guy program. Like you're too fat, you're gonna go to remedial PT. So this is like a, a shitty marksmanship program. Yeah, like you're, you're not listening and doing your basic drills. You know, <laughs> so they'll send them there to just because it's free and they can just sit there. Well, I mean, obviously you got to pay for it, but they're not expending ammo. There's no range officer right, involved. Right. Yeah. 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 Um. So anyway, they have. I, that's it's dumb for me. I'm not interested. I think it's boring. But the the shoot at the virtual shoot house thing is cool because you have the ability to learn how to pie corners, move around, and actually acquire a target that's the target you're supposed to acquire. So usually when you come through one of those places, there will be a victim and -hmm. a a perpetrator. Mm -hmm. And so you're coming through the house, it's like, don't shoot the little kid, shoot the guy holding the RPG, you know, things like that. So this virtual day is really cool because outside of doing a glass house, like in your backyard, which is, you know, you just lay down a a rope house layout and you move through that, but you can see right through it's a glass house. Mm -hmm. This is cool because it's more of a, it's like an affordable means to conduct small arms weapons training, which I think is pretty interesting. For anybody that's uh, like the prepper people, they're like, oh, the end of the world's coming. It's like you're going to be really screwed when the team of guys shows up that knows how to clear a building. You're not going to make it.
1: You know, I, t- <laughs> I tell people that all the time. Like, People are like, well, have you, you, do you stock up on this and this and this? I'm like, I have some small reserves for food to get yeah. through a short amount of time. Yeah. I said I have a good amount of ammo and guns, and I have – reliable vehicles and ideas of places to go. I said, those things are all going to change depending on what that end of the world scenario is. I said, but I can, one thing I can guarantee you is that uh, I am far more prepared than 98% of the population and anything I don't have at that time,
2: I will acquire however I need to. I'll tell you this, when it happens, it's (laughs) going to happen at night. That's combat operations are run at night because it's dark and you're talking about somebody else invading. If that's what you're worried about, if you're worried about an inv- like a home invasion, whatever. But like if it's a force coming, say yeah. the government decides <laughs> we're going to come down on it on the citizens for some reason, it'll happen at night. It'll happen at night. And so if you're if you don't know how to operate inside of a house, sure. you're going to be startled awake, and you will you will have virtually zero chance. I don't care.
1: Well, I mean that's that's any situation. Like you can go on YouTube and watch videos of of these tier one units is like overhead mm-hmm. camera footage of them clearing a building. I've even seen, I'm sure you have like, um, chest or helmet cameras yep. of them clearing an entire building. Well, police officers are taught this as well. And I'm talking, well, yeah, but they have none of practices. The guys Not I'm really talking know. about, like yeah, yeah. I watched them take, take a house and, and rescue and they were using simulations. So this wasn't like, mm-hmm. you know, shoot a target or shooting little pellet guns. The, the this shit hurts. And yep. they, started like probably 50 meters away from the building from the time they left that start point and got to the building and cleared, it was like a four or five bedroom house. It was less than a minute and a half. Yeah. It was wild. The precision they moved to the house. They even the, the, the lead guy that had the camera on, he had a gun malfunction, the efficiency with which he, I verbalized that rolled to the back yep. and other people took his position and they continued to move through the house he fixed the issue and fell back in line mm-hmm. you could tell that they do that shit day yeah. in and day out in their sleep and you if gotta you think you the- that that uh, you know your rats and you're gonna <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry man if, 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 if it gets to that point yeah. brother you're not, the only thing you're gonna know is a muzzle flash yeah. night night yeah sorry for
2: your luck it's not gonna pan out well. <laughs> No, yeah. it's 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 amazing, and, and I think everybody should try and at least if you at least look into it and learn the principles. If you can't actually go somewhere and get and, proper training,
1: and, and to be honest, understanding how to maneuver and underst- um, through up through a building, at least your own house mm-hmm. is is probably less likely to be needed for that scenario, and and more to just protect your family or yourself. If you yeah. if you arrive home and you real you notice your is open and it shouldn't be. Um or you think that someone's breaking into your home, being able to, to maneuver through your house in dark efficiently is important. Yeah.
2: Pine a corner is very important. It's not because you're safe behind that corner because it's just drywall, but yeah. it's it's that you're you know, we've I've I've said it a thousand times. Uh concealment is is not concealment doesn't mean you're not gonna get shot, but it's right. like but if, the, they, don't, if, the, they, don't if they don't know you're, you're there, 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 yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's, that's it's your advantage better. to getting getting a shot. Off so you're poking your head around a corner like they do in the movies, you're done. <laughs> First thing around that corner should be your whatever <laughs> your firing eyeball is and your pistol. Right. So, but that was a great lineup of. Uh, <laughs> I, of got more, oh, I, I got one more, though. I got one more. It's.
1: Um, so i I had to i had to pick a bow because i've been seriously toying with selling my bow Mm -hmm. um i bought that bow and set it up specifically just in the market for a bow is he i bought i set it up specifically for our 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 elk hunt Mm -hmm. um and i bought it specifically because of the size and it was good for just moving through thick stuff um but i think i want something that's a little bit more forgiving um and so i was looking at a bunch of the, the bows that were released and you know that i like john dudley Mm-hmm. and the stuff that they do he does he hooks up and 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 shoots a lot with um with Joe Rogan and those guys but he uh moved over to PSE uh from Hoyt I think and they put a boat. they they did a kind of a collaboration with uh to make the the PSE Unite um and it's it has three different variants it's got like seven different color colors available um they all sit and shoot around 340 per feet, uh, feet per second the different variants are just Small variations in like, uh, uh, brace height and draw length and, and, um, draw weight. Is it uh, that big? I think he's just holding it funny. Okay. I don't think it's actually that big. That I, saw thing someone, looks massive. I, I saw someone else holding it and it didn't seem that long. Okay. Um, it is, it, it would be a longer, a longer, uh, yeah, you know, or whatever. I forget the right term. Not, it's not brace height, but, um, it would be bigger than the triax, which is what I have, the Matthews, because mm-hmm. that is designed to be a little bit smaller. Um, but it was designed, and, and the, some of the modular features of it make it much easier to tune and to make adjustments on the fly, which is something, if you know John Dudley, he does all of his own bow work. So I can see, if he's engineering a bow, that he would make it like, hey, I need a feature that allows me to adjust this right. or tune this quicker so I don't have to go back to the bench or go back to the shop to do it. And it looks like that's a lot of what they did and then, um, the features just make it a little bit more forgiving, you know. And I don't get to shoot as much as I would like to, so a little forgiveness would probably go a long way for me.
2: But uh, yeah, that's the, the that's the PSE uh, Unite. I think if I were to buy a bow like Sight Unseen, and someone said that he that John yeah. Delli built it, I'd probably just buy it.
1: It's not a bad choice. I yeah. mean, you, I, I I'd imagine it'd be hard to go wrong.
2: Yeah. Um, it's just I just knowing his content, I know how anal he is about doing things the right way.
1: Yeah, and you know it's funny. Like he's one of those people that he practices and he shoots religiously. I, I heard a quote the other day. It was like, uh, um, I forget what it was, but it's so something to, something along the lines of um, a professional or somebody practices until they get it right, uh, but a professional practices until they can't get it wrong. Yeah, and it's like that's John. Like he he perfects his craft. Every single day.
2: Yeah. Um, And And he's, he's, a lot of people have like their, when they first start learning different types of releases, most people will go with like, was it the silverback? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just to to get the back tension. It's, it's, it's like, it takes a lot of guessing out of when you should pull. Yeah. And it's
1: really good for allowing you to focus on fundamentals and and, and your pulling and all your other things and not having to worry about when, yeah, when to pull that trigger. And a lot of people get panic uh, or or target panic too. um, And that kind of helps alleviate some of that. Yeah, But I didn't like it. I used it for a while. Actually, I think I used the knock-on, too. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I'm not a fan I of it. I just didn't either. let myself get used to it. I think I, I I got it, like, three weeks before deer season started and just tried to start
2: using it, and I think that was a mistake. I think it'd be difficult to hunt with. Like, I want to release when I want to release.
1: Yeah. You know? I have... um I, like, have I a,
2: understand you can because you're pulling through it. Right. But my point is I want to punch when I want to punch. Yeah. And
1: so that's why I went
2: with the... Tr- I, I have a thumb
1: release now, but I have more control over... Yeah. when that happens. Um, and I, I like that. I like that kind yeah. of hybrid approach to it. So let us know, uh, on socials, like what kind of, what kind of release. Yeah. Do you like
2: definitely let us know what kind of release you like? You probably won't, but that's fine. Yeah.
1: Fuck you too. <laughs> Just kidding. We love you guys. If you're listening this far, we definitely still listening. We still love, we definitely love you.
2: Well, since we're wrapping it up, cause we both got to do stuff. Uh, but I will say if you're listening this far, you're getting a little drop on knowledge. So Mossy Oak did a single barrel pick. What? Years ago. Oh. And I didn't know that. the guy that did it is friends with a friend of ours, Michael Beddenbaugh, from the Medicinal Whiskey Charity. And he has a bottle. And he is going to give us a two-ounce sample to give away in conjunction with them. So we'll be having a Mossy Oak single barrel release, the only one ever made. Fun. That's a little bit older, through the Medicinal Whiskey Charity. Wow. Yeah, and we're probably gonna throw a turkey call in there with it, wine as well. So you get a turkey call and a uh, and a sample of this pick, which is pretty cool. We
1: should do that to kick off. Try to con- try, try to do it so it lines up with uh, kickoff of turkey season here. Yeah,
2: we can't line it up with turkey hey, season. Actually, that's but. what he said was <clears throat> oh, okay. uh, for turkey season. Perfect. Yeah, we should definitely do it. So so, that's fun. Yeah, I think it'd be a good time. So if you uh, if you heard that part and you're interested, shoot us a line and we might give you a little heads up on how to win. You heard it, folks. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. Well, that's all I got.
1: Keep uh keep an ear out for probably... We're going to continue to do these Seaweed Podcasts on Thursdays. Yeah. What do we got coming? So the next one would be... I don't know. We haven't decided yet. Martian Mill? <clears throat> yeah, we knew Martian Mill. Martian right. Mill. <laughs> Martian Mill. Yeah. Uh, Martian Mill, Martian Mill. Martian Mill. Mill. We'll March do that one. Mill. We'll do that one that will be released. I guess that would be the, what, the second or third of uh, of March. So keeping an ear out. Yeah. It was Thursday. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>
2: okay. Bye. Bye.